We'll talk about the Oscars coming up in a couple of minutes, uh, ladies and uh, gentlemen. First, though, Dr. Holland Ullman, always a pleasure. The book uh, is a must-read, The Fifth Horseman in the New Mad How Massive Attacks of Disruption Became the Looming Essential Danger to the Divided Nation and the World at Large. Also, a chairman of the Killowing Group, senior advisor to the Atlantic Council, and, of course, distinguished columnist. Uh, as far as uh, from the Hill and uh, the aforementioned uh, Harlan Ullman. Sir, good to have you back. Uh, a lot Always happening and a lot of uh, intense uh, documentation on your half as far as uh, uh, spot on regarding what's been going on with China and everything else. And, of course, the latest. How are you? Good, Jay. Good to be with you. Uh, interesting day. We'll see what happens with the uh, Silicon Valley Bank. One hopes that uh, the Treasury Department has done enough to prevent a panic, but uh, we'll see how Wall Street reacts. This could be something that uh, <laughs> the White House and the President really don't need, but um, these things happen. We're talking about mistakes, and we're talking about miscalculations. And, of course, in the larger context, given the fact that tensions with China and the United States and the United States and Russia are building, is the prospect for a war by miscalculation or mistake getting larger? And my sense is the answer to that question, tragically and sadly, is yes, it is, simply because the communications between the three different actors here uh, are very, very, very limited. And even the arms control agreements that once held during the Cold War now are in some degree of disarray. So without these communications, I am increasingly worried that some accident or miscalculation could take place, whether that would be a repeat of a U.S. Navy patrol plane being hit by a Chinese fighter is what happened in 2001, forcing it to crash land on Hanai Island in the China Sea or something else like that. Nobody really knows. But uh, time of tensions, we need to have better communications and we need to have some kind of crisis management links to prevent any untoward event from escalating and getting out of hand. Uh, And you mentioned a key word here. Uh, Harlan, and that is communication. Communication is very lax as far as the United States is concerned. Uh, that's a recipe for disaster. Uh, when you have everything that's been going on over the last couple of months, uh, very, very important uh, to get it right. You bring up the banks, and this president needs to make a statement this morning without question regarding that, no? Absolutely, and he will. And I think that'll be reassuring. My sense is, even though a second bank uh, was shut down, this is not 2008, and it would appear that the lessons from the meltdown of 2008 have been well learned. We'll see. But I think Treasury and the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation seem to have worked swiftly. Fortunately, it was a weekend, and fortunately, they were able to get the Bank of Hong Kong Kong and Shanghai to buy for a pound uh, part of the uh, Silicon Valley Bank's uh, assets. So I hope and think this is going to be contained, but one never knows, obviously. Without a question. Uh, Holland, you wrote a great piece, Bold Ideas, Imagination, Innovation Needed, uh, and everything else here, given the partisan divisions. Can you explain yeah. to the audience? Yeah, one of the problems we faced, and I called the, I called the car, uh, column uh, America, A-M-E-R-C-A, taking the I out because the I stands for ideas, innovation, and imagination. And I think that's what's lacking today in government. We don't have any really big ideas. We've got slogans, and we have ideology. 
But we need some big ideas to get us back on track. As you know, I have proposed a number of those, including universal voting, where Americans have got to show up if they're eligible to the voting polls. Um, whether they vote or not, it's a different issue, but we got to get 70% or more of Americans engaged to make this a really representative democracy. I also called for a chief management officer, <clears throat> a chief operating officer for the U.S. government. Uh, the administration is proposing something just south of a $7 trillion budget. $7 trillion, that's a lot of money, Jay. But who's in charge? Who is going to make sure that we can manage that? I also call for sensible reorganization of both Congress and the executive branch to bring it into place for the 21st century. And I think one of the most imaginative ideas I have is to come up with using Hollywood fiction writers, uh, universities, and think tanks to develop <clears throat> as many possible scenarios as they can, which would obviously include bank runs as well as international issues, and do it in the form of, um, uh, of a streaming contingency program where here's the issue and here are the necessary steps to take. So in the White House, when you have a crisis, for example, a Chinese spy balloon, you can go to this library of scenarios and just hit the button for balloon, and out comes some basic things that you need to know. In other words, this is kind of a, a Wikipedia for contingency, and there's no reason, given the, the technology that we have today, Jay, that we can't come up with tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of contingencies so that any White House will be better prepared to take something out of the ordinary. Right now, what happens, a crisis gets, and somebody says, hey, do you know anything about a Chinese balloon? Well, I'm simplifying a bit, but my point is that we now have technology to be able to assist government in very positive ways. Why don't we use our creative juices to apply them? And so that's the thrust of the argument. We need more ideas, we need more imagination, and we need more innovation if we're going to deal with a lot of these issues right now, given the fact that the political process is constipated, it's broken, and both sides are each other's throats. That's not very, very healthy for a vibrant and successful America. And especially, you know, 24 looms large right now. Ron DeSantis looking around the book in <laughs> Iowa the other day, a sure sign he is going to announce, and he will. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you have the Trump factor on the other side. You have, yep. you know, a uh, an announcement of a possible reelection uh, run here as far as Joe Biden is concerned. You ask who else? Well, there is no one else as far as Democrats are concerned. So, you know, you've you've got this uh, this uh, minutia uh, that is at center stage when you have all of these outside elements, as Holland says you know, in play here, uh, which is vital as far as, you know, the outcome. And there are so many factors involved right now uh, of importance. You wonder, as far as losing sight of what is actually important out there, Dr. Allman. Well, uh, you're absolutely right, Jay. It's a question of focus here. I mean, look, we have an economy that some people think, and I do, is stronger than it appears. But obviously, you take a look at Dow Jones even before the Silicon Valley Bank, and Dow Jones was been oscillating 500 points up or 500 points down, and people with um, 401Ks, so forth, retirement, are very, very concerned about all this. And so you have that issue. You're rightly pointing out that the 2024 election is starting right now, 
you have this nearly $7 trillion budget. And on top of that, we have a shooting war in Ukraine that's not getting any better. And now you have China's paramount leader just ending the party congress in Beijing uh, today, Chinese time, who has uh, some bad things to say about America, and America has some bad things to say about China. And so you know, we need cooler heads of hell. We've got more than enough crises to go around. We don't need to make any more because we certainly have enough. Christian Holland Ullman with us. Uh, one thing regarding the banks where the president is planning to address uh, the, uh, um, the Americans this morning, bonds uh, to the failure of, of the banks uh, over the past yeah. couple of days. We know about Silicon Valley uh, and everything else. Signature Bank, not a related action. The government shutting down the bank, teetering it was on the brink of collapse in recent days. And uh, no question, there are a lot of people that are relieved somewhat, Holland, about the intervention. Markets tumbling again last week. Um, a lot of the analysts are saying the smaller banks that are disproportionately tied to cash-strapped industries, tech, crypto, whatever, uh, could be in for a rough ride. Are you in play with that as well? I, that's a good question, Jay. Uh, if I had to make a guess, my guess is that the markets will take a hit in the morning and probably recover. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a huge swing, but it's unpredictable right now. It depends. People will look at Silicon Valley and say, what was the big mistake they made? And the big mistake they made was interest rates. They didn't appreciate that interest rates going up meant the value of their bonds are going down, and in essence, this began to rot. Now, what the Fed will take away from this, because everybody was expecting an interest rate rise at the end of the month of perhaps 75 or 50 basis points, which, of course, would cool the economy down. Uh, the Fed may take another look and just say, wait a second, maybe we don't want to advance interest rates. Maybe we'll just take a time out. Now, if they do that, then I think you'll see the markets recovering. But I think today will be a day of uncertainty. I hope that the markets will not radically decline. But I think we'll find out, you know, as the week progresses, what the actual result will be. And my expectation is that it's not going to be as serious as it could have been because of the action of the Fed. Now, if you have other banks that run, that's the real problem. But we hope that this has been able to be contained right now. And if it is, I think we'll get through it. It will not be a repeat of 2008. Holland Allman with us. Final thought here. The president also, uh, Holland, will announce, I guess, some of these sweeping new protections uh, for federal lands and waters. We're talking about Alaska regarding... Uh, yeah the declaration uh, to declare the uh, entire U.S. Arctic Ocean off-limits to future oil and gas leasing. And we'll announce new rules to protect over 13 million acres of land in the state from drilling. Of course, of course it comes as a, a green light of a massive oil drilling venture known as the Willow Project. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, kind of a victory. For Alaska's bipartisan congressional delegation, a coalition of some of the Alaska Native tribes and groups that have hailed the project, much needed and everything else, new source of revenue, jobs, uh, and everything else. You know, you wonder, uh, as far as the political game of football being played here, got an election looming, not far off, uh, and kind of a blow to the climate groups and some of the other Alaska Natives uh, who argue, uh, Harlan, that it will undercut the ambitious 
climate goals and maybe pose health and environmental risks. Um, what about all of this as far as kind of playing both sides of the fence here as far, as far as a political maneuver is concerned? Well, so far, and I haven't read the details of what the drilling is going to be and also the restrictions, but you would think that this looks appears to be, this appears to resemble a Solomonian judgment uh, of trying to divide the baby in half. Clearly, we need oil. People who think we can do away with oil and electric cars are going to make a difference immediately are just dead wrong. On the other hand, climate change is potentially existential. But in a country that's so divided on virtually every issue, coming up with a rational approach is exceedingly difficult. So I think Biden, so far, at first blush, has played this fairly sensibly. But, of course, this will play out over time. But the fact of the matter is we have (laughs) energy problems. If you're going to go to electric cars, you've got to find sources for that electricity, and they don't, that doesn't grow on trees, Jay, as you well know. And so there's going to be a need for fossil fuel uh, for the indefinite future until we can bring on things, for example, cold fusion uh, and other kinds of technologies to include hydrogen. So I think right now the president has kind of divided the, the problem and done about as good a job as he can dealing with these competing issues. But it's going to be contentious. With 2024, Republicans and Democrats are going to go each other, hammer and tong. And I can say the only one of the few grounds for optimism is that the uh, Speaker of the House and the Minority Leader of the House, um, McCarthy and Jeffries, seem to be trying to work things out together. And I think that that's really important. And as I told you before, I always thought or sensed that McCarthy was trying to operate on more of a bipartisan or a less partisan level. Now, clearly, releasing the January 6th tapes to Tucker Carlson was not a smart thing to do. But on the other hand, there's got to be far greater civility on the Hill. And if both parties can embrace each other more, or at least respect the other more, I think the country is going to be far better off. But make no mistake, uh, when you take a look at the international environment, you take a look at domestic politics, uh, we are in a very, very, very difficult position. And we should not walk away from the fact that the situation today is probably as precarious as it's been, certainly in my lifetime, or I should say after World War II, because we have all these events. We don't have the same degree of control and influence. For example, Jay, you saw that the Chinese brokered a deal between the Saudis and Iran, uh, which is exceedingly important, uh, something the United States could not do. And unfortunately, many in this country will say, well, any rise in Chinese influence is matched in the decline of our own. And that's wrong. If China can be helpful in some areas, we should be supportive. So we can't view this as a zero-sum game. But the fact is, on Capitol Hill, if you're trying to be more accommodating to China, or Russia, you're going to be called weak or an appeaser. And that's not good for anybody, because no doubt, a better relationship with Iran and the Saudis and the, Saudis and the Gulf makes instability more or less likely. And given the fact that that's the center of much of the oil and energy reserves in the world, that's far better off for everybody. But common sense, just like ideas, innovation, and imagination are lacking too often in this country, and we've got to make our very best efforts to reincorporate common sense, but also good ideas, imagination, and innovation in how we govern ourselves, because otherwise the situation, I think, is headed in the wrong direction. So all said, common sense looms large once again, even on this stage, and that's why communication 
is the key. Absolutely. And having both sides working together, uh, even more important. Well said, uh, Dr. Holland Allman, chairman of the Killerman Group, senior advisor of the Atlantic Council, and, of course, distinguished columnist. Uh, the fifth horseman, ladies and gentlemen, the new man, how massive attacks of disruption became the looming existential danger to a divided nation and the world at large. Until next time, sir, keep up the good work. Jay, thank you very much.